everybody. Welcome to Tuning Fork. It's a show about, uh, what is the show about? It's about music and the Pitchfork Media hype machine. Uh, I'm uh, one of your hosts, David. I'm Matt. And uh, we are joined by a special guest today who's super excited to talk about a certain album. Uh, it's my friend James. Hey, James. Hey, what's up? Very, very excited. So, uh, so James, we, we met in high school. True. Uh, in our freshman year. So that was 15 years ago. Um, indeed. And I don't think we actually knew that the two of us listened to approximately the same music until like a year later when we were in math class. Well, I don't think I started listening to that music until a year later. Yeah. Like that was when I got into like my own taste in music, which uh, at the time, Included Kanye. You can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> the and thing the thing that I knew you for, James, was being the friend of J- David's that had a What CD account. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had one before we did. Yeah, I got that from my, from my friend Willie, who was a, like a junior hacker and a huge WoW player, and uh, yeah. got into it and gave me, a, gave me an account. And uh, you guys are welcome for uh, <laughs> whatever that did to... <laughs> That is the genesis of this podcast, was your What CD account. Truly. Yeah, and also you gave me a whole bunch of uh, 112 uh, kilobit per second MP3s. <laughs> yeah, oh. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I used the built-in converter in iTunes for a lot of longer course, than I should have. <laughs> yeah, and then you burned me a copy of uh, The Crane Wife and a copy of Silent Shout by The Knife. Yep, and gave those to me at school. Yeah, I think God. He... Silent Shout. That's a fucking good one. That's that's one we're definitely getting to. Yeah, but uh, but what are we talking about today? Talking about Kanye West. We yeah. are talking about the single non reissue ten of Pitchfork's Golden Era. Is, yeah, is this the most recent ten they've given out? As I far mean, as an, as far as non reissues go, it's the only one they've given since like. I want to say, like, whenever source tags and codes came out, I feel like that was the previous 10. I'd have yeah, to look at the list, but... Yeah. It's that or it's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which is a huge gap anyway. Like... Those are both Those are both 2002, so... Okay. <laughs> like, they're not yeah. very far apart. <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, the vast majority of 10s that Pitchfork gives are retrospective. So they'll give 10s to albums that they had previously reviewed and not given a 10, uh, like in the airplane over the sea, which had like an eight point seven, uh, Bjork's Medulla, which they gave a nine point nine, and then reissued and gave a ten. <laughs> and then, of course, like a lot of classic albums, like when they went through the Beatles whole catalog, they basically just gave four albums in a row a ten. Yeah, I I couldn't believe the Beatles. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thunk it, right? It's yeah. Some people some people would agree with that. I think. And then, of course, there's sometimes when they do the opposite, like uh, there was a Modest Mouse album, uh, The Moon in Antarctica had gotten like a 9.5 or something when it originally came out, and then the reissue, they gave it a (laughs) (laughs) 4.5. Essentially being like, this bonus edition doesn't add enough, so I'm going to cut the score in half. It was the stupidest review in the world. Didn't that reissue also kind of change a little bit of how the album was mixed too i seem to remember something like that probably it just seemed like a really weird review at the time but uh 
the ten that the, the ten that uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy got was the thing that you know convinced my young younger like really kind of rap disliking self to really give it a shot. Like I'd liked some Kanye West songs prior to this because like my siblings are are big hip hop listeners and had listened to basically everything he'd put out since Through the Wire and their burned CDs were the staple of long car rides so. That I had listened to plenty of it before. I also was kind of the the person who didn't listen to a whole lot of rap just because I had, you know, that, that white person mental block of, like, this music seems like it's not really for me, so maybe I shouldn't yeah. even try. That's kind of a thing about, like, hip-hop in general is, like, a lot of people who would, you know, not call themselves racist in any way or just have some kind of built-in racist assumptions <laughs> about the music that really right. informs the way they think about it. And, like, that's probably a good place to note that none of the people discussing this album are black today. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's, we, yeah, are, that's, we are definitely that's viewing this. We're viewing this from a non-black lens, which is, like, you know, that is the largest critical lens that does view music in general, but, like... Nobody ever really acknowledges that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a ton of the mainstream conversations around Kanye are from that perspective. It's yeah. very rare that you see, like, real discussion of him from a, like, source that is black. It's almost always a white writer getting mad about something about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that and that is kind of one of the big things that went into um, kind of what's discussed on this album. Um, yeah. was was the reaction and fallout to to his big VMAs uh, thing with Taylor Swift. Yeah. So mean. So <laughs> mean. Yeah, how could he do such a thing? The thing is, is that he was right. <laughs> that, so, yeah, my... my it's history... very Marge Simpson. It's very Marge Simpson voice. <laughs> it's true, but he shouldn't say it. <laughs> no, that was... So, yeah, that's like my history on Kanye is that I heard... I was up late watching MTV, as I often was as a kid, and I saw the Through the Wire video, like, when it came out, and I was like, what is this? I had, like, I was really, I was also not a big rap fan, but that one, like, went straight through me, and I was like, this rules. And so I, like, bought late registration when it came out. I think I skipped graduation and 808s because I didn't, like, like, I sort of had, like, a dip in my rap listening yeah. after that. But uh, when the, the build-up to this album was starting, I was in. Like I, yeah. well, that was entire... the, that was when they were putting out all the Good Friday stuff, right? Yeah, we got to talk about that because I spent the whole summer listening to Kanye before this came out. So I was like primed, ready. When this ten hit, I was literally I stayed <laughs> up until midnight the night I thought it was going to come out because it already leaked. The the Runaway movie had come out. Like I was like yeah. so in, so ready to see if it was going to get that 10, because I was pretty sure it was. And when it, like, came out, I, like, grabbed my friend. And I was like, dude, it's here, the 10. And uh, they were like, that's that's really great, James. I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you were just as excited about it as, uh, as Kanye was on Twitter um, before the album came out. God, Kanye West Twitter, that sure was something, huh? Yeah, didn't he d just delete his entire Twitter and then remake it? Like, after a couple years. I think it was, yeah. like, a deactivation-reactivation thing, because I think he still had his followers when he came back. Sure. I think but, that's right, yeah. Yeah, but he had deleted all his tweets. Yeah. Which, like, come on, the water bottle tweet? It's an all-timer. You can't get rid of that. 
That should be archived in the Library of Congress. And and suits is an expensive addiction. <laughs> I like when he would just post like yeah a picture of a thing he bought and be like, "Isn't this cool?" Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. nice, Kanye. Um, in, in the words of our wet president, "Very cool, Kanye." <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. God, um, it's really funny to see references to Donald Trump on this album, and then you know remember uh, where yeah. Kanye went. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks to think about his trajectory. I mean, like, let's let's. I'm I'm not gonna split hairs on this or anything. There are some truly deplorable lyrics on this album as well. Oh yeah, it's not absolutely. like his ideas about women were ever particularly great. But just as like a singular artistic statement, they make sense in the context of this album. Oh yeah, Which, yeah. None of the people discussing this album today are women. That is another thing to point out. Fair, fair. Uh, side note about the VMAs thing. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Matt, but do you remember uh, when our other friend Matt, who is a lawyer who lives in New York, uh, released almost immediately a parody of all the single ladies about the fallout from the VMAs? I don't actually oh, remember no. that, but I do yeah. want you to dig that up uh, when we're all <laughs> hanging out together and just like spring that back on them. Yeah, he made a whole YouTube video about it. Like, he set up his digital camera in the hallway of our dorm building and recorded himself doing the Beyonce dance for it and everything. Thank God. God bless. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. All right, so yeah, the lead-up to this album had the, the Good Friday singles releases, right? So that was coming yes. up right until the release of the album. When did the album actually release, like, day-wise? It was in November of 2010. I had it pulled up earlier. 22nd. Got yeah. It. All right, so yeah, every, everything except for the Christmas in Harlem from the original Good Fridays was released before the album, uh, which includes uh, the tracks from the album, Power, Monster, Devil in a New Dress, uh, and So Appalled. Everything else was uh, was unreleased otherwise. Yeah, and there are some really good, like, some of those ones that didn't make the album are incredible off the Good Fridays. Like, Yeah. Um, I should go back and listen to those. Yeah, the ones that I really liked, and I'm pulling up a list of them right now. Chain Heavy is an awesome, it's like a nine minute long, like posse cut kind of one. It's kind of a lot like Gorgeous or the other ones yeah. on this album, but it just goes really hard for <laughs> the whole time. It's very good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, See Me Now, I think, I think was a good Friday. That's the one with Beyonce. Uh, apparently it wasn't, but it is listed as a bonus track on the album. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that's like, it's, I, I was called a victory lap on some like, uh, reviews <laughs> of it. Cause it's like, that's functionally what it acts like on the album. Yeah. I know it came out before cause I have a like random release of it that like is not the same as the one that's on the, I have no idea where I got it from, but that's how Kanye, that's, I mean, that's how listening to Kanye is. It's like being a Radiohead True. fan. You're going to have a bunch of 15 year old <laughs> demos on your computer. Yeah. These are his twisted words. <laughs> it's like being a They Might Be Giants fan where you have a bunch of people who recorded something over a modem from a telephone in like the late <laughs> 1990s yeah like that's, that's just how that's it is absolutely a mood <laughs> and uh yeah no the I, I didn't actually listen to it in my run up today because I, I want I always like to listen like directly before recording because it keeps the tunes as fresh as possible in my head but I also did read the entirety of the 33 and a third book written by Kirk Walker Graves uh, about this album last night. Oh, wow. Like, well, I mean, 33 and a third books are pretty digestible. Like, it's it's 140 pages, but they're, like, really small pages. 
Those books are the only reason why I was able to sit down and listen to all of uh, Selected Ambient Works Volume 2 <laughs> by Aphex Twin. Did you just listen to it while reading the book? I did. That's a very <laughs> good way to do it. Because it's really, like, otherwise the music just kind of fades into the background because that's what yeah. it's designed to do. And you're not really listening to it. You're just kind of, it's there. It's a really good series. Uh, this is one of the ones where... Okay, first of all, it is a white guy reviewing a hip-hop album, which I don't feel like he gets into enough about how much his perspective is different on that. But he does kind of dive into, like, the the whole thing where Kanye West really, really loves appropriating civil rights imagery to talk about his personal struggles of ego, which is, like, that's kind of a thing he does a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that's, like, the entirety of Blood on the Leaves. Yeah, it's like he's taking, a taking a song about that. lynching and talking about custody. He hasn't had custody battles, has he? I don't think so. I, I, as far as I know, the children he has with, with Kim, Kim are, his first children. are his, his only kids, yeah. Yeah, right. but like I know on All of the Lights he is playing a character. Right. Because there, there's yeah. custody battle discussions on that one too. And that's like really the only song where he's not himself on this whole album. But we can get into that as we go in because I'm just gonna have the book open for some for some choice uh, choice cuts as we go along. Yeah, the the Pitchfork review doesn't really have a whole lot to add here. They they basically just rehash the whole album and don't give a whole lot of commentary on it. Yeah, they don't get to the actual songs until like the last four par- like last three paragraphs. So they like pretty long <laughs> yeah, review. That's a Pitchfork. They, I was review. reading it and I was like, when did they actually mention a single song? <laughs> yeah. This was written by Ryan Domball, who also wrote the Age of Odds review that we talked about uh, in the first episode. Yeah, he was like associate editor or something at that point, right? Like he was like pretty big on the site. Yeah, he. I looked at his list uh, of reviews, and he gets a whole lot of the like really big name uh, cuts. Like he got uh, Blonde by Frank Ocean, and he got American Dream by LCD Sound System. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's one of the guys who's actually still around too. Yeah. Because like. Yeah. Brett DiCrescenzo is long gone. Yeah, thankfully. (laughs) Thankfully, we will never have to see a shooting star ever again. Aw, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, until we do Kid A, which we'll we'll have to eventually. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, because that was another 10, of course. Naturally. So should we start uh, getting into the actual songs? I mean, I have a question for you, David. Yeah. Could we get much higher? So high. (laughs) Let's talk about dark fantasy. Can we get much higher? like a fat booty Celine Dion. Sex is on fire. I'm the king of Leona Lewis. Beyond the truest. Hey, teacher, teacher, tell me how do you respond to students and refresh the page and restart the memory. Respark the soul and rebuild the energy. We stop the I did not know until today that that is John Anderson of Yes singing. Yeah, I looked that up. <laughs> Which is extremely yeah, good to me. It's a sample from a Mike Oldfield song that had John Anderson as a vocalist. And it's slightly pitched down. Having, having just listened to my first Yes album recently for, like, Friends of the Podcast Fun Point, uh, they did the album uh, Close to the Edge, because oh, uh, yeah. Ed, Ed, Eddie's a big prog rock guy, so naturally he's going to make Brooks listen to some prog rock. <laughs> and yeah, Ye- Yes was where the real Fun Point began, because that yeah. sure does have, like, a 30-minute track on it. 
I've, I think that is one of the Yes albums that my dad had, and thus I have on a cassette in one of my closets. Hmm. Nice, nice. You gotta love when one side is a single song. That's the good shit right there. Sing, singing some shit about wizards. Yeah, so Dark Fantasy is is a song that's over four minutes long, but it feels like it goes by really quick compared to the yeah. rest of the album. Honest, whenever I whenever I remember the album, it kind of like splits into two tracks in my head. So I always think it's a lot shorter than it is. Yeah, this is very much a song that feels like it's sort of like getting the initial ideas. That it's it's a good intro because it like gives you the weird setup from uh, Nicki Minaj uh, with her like doing the absolute worst <laughs> accent in the world. <laughs> it's so I love it so much. Yeah. It is insane, though. <laughs> so the whole Separate thing is a, lesson. it's like, it's an, it's like an interpolation or like reinterpretation of uh, revolting rhymes uh, by Roald Dahl. So it's, uh, this is how the actual one opens. I think, I guess you think you know this story. You don't. The real one's much more gory. The phony one, the one you know, was cooked up years and years ago and made to sound all soft and sappy just to make the children happy. So you can see, like, Nikki just kind of oh, morphed yeah. the lines yeah. around a little bit for it. Yeah. Uh, this is about a version of Cinderella where the prince is a sociopath and also cuts off her stepsister's heads. So, you know, <laughs> very Roald Dahl. Yeah, yeah. Roald Dahl loves death is the thing. <laughs> no, he just loves it. <laughs> so right right away we get uh, our first uh, feature from, from Justin Vernon from Bon Iver on this on this album. Yeah, he is on, I think, ten tracks. So, like, most of it. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, he he's only, like... the place. He's only explicitly featured on, what, like, three? But yeah. he he is all over the place doing backing vocals. The thing is, like, uh, Kanye West's ethos on this album was, let's take some incredibly recognized singers and make them sing in, like, harmony with each other so that you can't recognize any of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like his song with Paul McCartney where he... Or Paul McCartney whistles... <laughs> <laughs> Elton John is on this album. He is. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. Yeah. He like plays pretty... piano on a song and then he does the outro later. I'm trying to remember who he does the outro with because, like, uh, the thing with all of the lights is that they have, like, uh, pairs of vocalists for the choruses. Yeah. And they're always really weird ones. But yeah, we'll stick on this one for now. Dark Fantasy. I, I want to talk about how good some of the lines are in- on this album and on this track in particular, because this line was brought up in Discord earlier, but uh, I-, I believe the line is too many Urkels on your team, that's why you're Winslow. Oh, <laughs> that is probably one of the best lines on the album. I also just, looking at the lyrics right now, got the pun of Winslow, and I <laughs> don't don't like that I just figured that out. I don't, but I do like that pun. You, you have to pull the lyrics up for this album, because it's just so much... I could not take notes fast enough while I was listening to this. Yeah, I one time, um, so because I was so into Kanye at the time when this record came out, and I was making it very clear to everyone by talking about it nonstop, (laughs) people um, would just sort of ask me questions about what was happening with Kanye. And someone did, um, I think on Facebook, just send us to being like, hey, what does look like a fat booty Celine Dion mean? (laughs) 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 I I had to really rack my brain to figure out if it was a if it was a compliment i think it's a compliment i think it's a really nice compliment actually <laughs> this this was before genius existed so you had to come up with uh kind of your your own stuff and not just ask the internet you know 
dark fantasy meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the site like Genius, which is of course where I'm grabbing my lyrics today. Because it's very just the the big the big brain music patrician whose brain extends outwards and also becomes a chair. <laughs> that meme, the website, and especially because yeah. this is, I think, probably one of the most annotated albums on the site. Oh like, yeah, the, almost every line has at least three annotations on it. Yeah, it's nuts. And there's there's some verified ones later on too. Like yeah. uh, the Pusha T verse has some like verified annotations, so that means like the person came on the site themselves and did it. I really hate I really hate the line sex is on fire I'm the king of Leona Lewis. <laughs> oh yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Just like, here the, here's some things that are relevant in the year of of 2010. Yeah. Right after I mentioned a fat booty Celine Dion. I remember when uh when Ed Drost from Grizzly Bear like notably went on Genius and annotated all of their songs. I think I think that was before he quit Twitter. So like he he talked about it on uh, on his Twitter account at the time, and his I think Twitter that was the first really time I too. that was the first time I heard about Genius as a site. I think yeah, when it was still Rap Genius. Yeah, and 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 before uh, Das Racist referred to it as White Devil Sophistry. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. The the uh, the chapter on this song on the. Uh, in the book refers mostly to like the the runaway film which i did not watch in preparation for this because i wanted to just try to think of it entirely in the album sense but you gotta watch it you gotta watch it it's so i know i've gotta (laughs) but i just didn't want to for this yeah i like i like my perspective to be like just like purely the musical one i say as if i didn't read a whole book last night uh, and we, this we is... did very much watch the, the sufjan jimmy fallon performance (laughs) before uh the age of odds episode um, did you guys just thinking of performances? Did, did you guys remember the SNL performance for this album? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about that when we get to power. I think for sure it's, they're really hard to find now online. Yeah, yeah well, it's like uh, SNL are noted, noted copyright vultures, so they love to take it down. I just wanted to say, like, this is like this is basically his rags to riches start, right? Like, this, that's how he's putting this album through. This is where he's starting to build up the myth that he's gonna, you know, build up and deconstruct over the course of the album. This is, this like, this album really is, like, a real, a real like, uh, point for the album as a format. A lot of people yeah. have really... Because, like, albums as at the start, for a lot of people, were just, like, you know, let's throw a couple singles on it and then pad the rest of it. And then, you know, the Beatles and the and the beach boys were making like more fully realized statements and then you know again it went kind of back down to that and it's it's in cycles right yeah where people are thinking of albums as like their own artistic statement or just as a means to an end for like a capitalist music system um Mm. but i feel like he really did it with this one whereas i feel like his albums since have not felt as cohesive even yeezus which like he was definitely going for something on it but i don't think he he got it I have an argument for Yeezus. We can save that for a different... Uh... <laughs> yeah, or just the end of the episode, because like the sure, trajectory yeah. of Kanye West since this album is is almost necessary to discuss. Yeah, oh, I, for think, sure. I think yeah. we can get into that at the yeah. end. Yeah, so next up, we got Goages. If you go this, you bogus, I will never, ever let you live this down, down. <laughs> 
penitentiary chances The devil dances and eventually answers To the call of autumn All them falling for the love of falling Get caught with 30 rocks The cop look like Alec Baldwin In a century anthems Based off inner city tantrums Based off the way we was branded Face it, Jerome get more time than Brandon And at the airport they check all through my bag And tell me that it's random but So yeah, the first thing that, that I noticed was the commentary about racist policing in America. Yeah. But there's also good lines on it that only kind of have to do with that, and also a call-out of South Park's homophobic jokes about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much. I think previously he had, like, been like, I'm cool with South Park, they're all, they're all good, and then he put this song out, and he was like, no, actually, fuck that. <laughs> Choke a South Park render with a fish stick. Yeah. There you go. The the joke of the show was uh, that Kanye liked fish sticks, but he said it like fish dicks, and thus, like a funny gay. Yeah, like a funny gay. Uh, the writer of the Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy 33 and a, book, 33 and a Third book uh, does call that episode brilliant, which made me think a lot <laughs> less of the rest of it. Interesting. The idea is mostly just, like, um, Kanye West as, like, an egoist, will say things that don't necessarily come across as, like, coherent to people, but, like, he's trying to communicate in a way that he doesn't quite get, and he's, like, really kind of desperate for the connection that he'd get back from that communication. And that's why, like, at the end of the episode, he's just like, you know what? I am a gay fish. And, like, I get get what he's going for with that, but I don't feel like the South Park writers were thinking that hard about it. No, they just thought it was a funny joke and made an episode about it. It They did just think it was, like, just, like, a funny gay to do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, a lot of the the themes of this song go to the themes of the album as well. It's just like you know, you want to get success, you don't want to waste it. That's basically Kid Cudi's whole chorus. There's a line uh, at the end of Kanye's uh, third verse here that I think is one of Matt's favorites. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that y'all is like that y'all. I don't give a fuck about it all because the same people that tried to blackball me forgot about two things: my black balls. It's so good. <laughs> that is pro- that is one of the best bravado lines of all time. And like they can kiss my whole ass, they can kiss my asshole as well. And that's just a Jay Z reference. So he does tell people to kiss his ass a lot on this a lot on this album. I think there's three separate references to it. <laughs> there, there's also commentary, you know, to make a gigantic switch uh, about the the government failing uh, black people in the '80s with the AIDS crisis. Yeah. That one's a, that's one of the that's another really good line on the album. Oh yeah. I treat I treat the cash the way the government treats AIDS. I won't be satisfied till all my get it. Get it? And yes, he does indeed follow that with get it immediately. <laughs> Do you get my joke? And then of course, uh, Raekwon's verse on this is so good. I feel like yeah. it's been underappreciated. Yeah, I remember um this was a, this house came at a time when I was super into Wu-Tang and getting into like Raekwon's solo records to like at this point and remember seeing that he was on here and then uh rizza is on a track later yeah and like oh man like kanye is being like inducted into like the like canon of hip-hop with this because like have, man, so i kind of wish he threw if he threw ghostface on somewhere else it would have been perfect that'd be like the trifecta been, yeah incredible the, yeah the best living members of uh of wu-tang yeah raekwon's verse uh it, it's kind of like it's obviously a really boasty verse, but at the end it kind of turns into, like, encouraging young men to follow their passions. Yeah, it feels like a lot of the features, um, some of the ones like this where there's, well, this is really the only, or the Kid Cudi is all over this track, but yeah. 
in terms of like featured verses, um, you know, Raekwon just sort of like shows up, gives an incredible verse and just disappears. Like, mm-hmm. and it yeah. happens with a few other people on here where they just appear for a their verse <laughs> and then it's like, wow. And then Kanye comes back. And, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a lot of the. Uh, it's it's funny how many people are featured on the album, but yet how many people actually get like a featured credit, right? Because there are people who will come in. It, it's basically only if you get a verse or a hook specifically that you're actually a featured artist. Although I have seen this one labeled as gorgeous, just featuring Kid Cudi and just not even mentioning Raekwon, even though his verse is on there. Well, I think this was when up to a point, like at least in the official. Ones, I feel like they stopped listing the features on Kanye records, and I don't really know. I feel like that started with this record, like at least in like iTunes. It doesn't yeah. have a like featured on it, and that's like the official. I guess it's the official title. I'm not really sure like who decides. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really all over the place. Like, there's some artists where I really get why they don't usually feature the features on it. Like Gorillaz albums for a while didn't list features, and that yeah. makes sense because it's like it's like a collage project, right. Which this record's not too far off from at some No, place. not really. He just kind of flew people out to Hawaii and told them, hey, you want to be on this? Do you want to yeah. move on to uh, Power? Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Screams from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking. I just count the hours. Stop tripping. I'm tripping off the power. The bit music video for this song is so fucking good, dude. Yeah, and th- this, I think, the the music video was almost completely recreated live when he was on SNL. I at least remember seeing, I, I remember seeing the video first and then seeing the performance and being like, oh, this is the same thing, yeah, the but video- it's live now. The video is like a moving painting kind of style thing, if I remember. I haven't yeah. seen it for a while. Um, that, was, that was one of the few videos I didn't rewatch before, um, like while listening to the record. But uh, the SNL performance is pretty close in terms of like in terms of doing that live. It's really incredible. If I, yeah, that was also I could not could not find that on the internet. Like no. period. Yesterday I was trying to find <laughs> it. The SNL. Yeah, version. we really got to find somewhere where it's just like archived. It's got to be somewhere. I found Runaway, luckily, so we'll get to that. That that one. In this song, he calls out SNL about how they picked on him after the Taylor Swift VMA thing. Did he say... I, I, did he, I, I hope he said that line in the performance. He didn't. He changed it for the performance because he had no. buried the hatchet. Yeah, I read that yesterday because I was trying to find it. He, yeah. he was like, he changed it. I can't remember what he changed it to, though, but it was some. Yeah. It was because... Uh, it, it was because Taylor Lautner, I think, was the host on... Uh, on the SNL episode he was talking about, and uh, there was the, the sketch uh, that I think was making fun of Kanye. Oh, yeah, that's where he says that they can, more specifically, to the SNL cast, kiss his asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the the intro to this song, uh, the it's vaguely threatening sounding. <laughs> it it kind of matches up with the whole feel of it about how he has just this immense clout uh and he's effectively this is kind of the almost the precursor to uh to his statement about how he is a god on Jesus. Yeah, this 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 album in general is kind of like a building up of that persona and yeah. 
the fact that he breaks it down at the end of the album and also at the end of this track kind of gets belied by the fact that he kind of built it back up again for the next one. Yeah. Right. The King Crimson sample uh, in this was one of the few samples I recognized the first time I listened to this album um, because I was just getting into, I think, progressive rock from the 70s and 80s at the time. Yeah. I think I maybe had listened to, uh, to In the Court of the Crimson King like a couple months beforehand, and I was like, hey, I understood that reference. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very... Um, I mean, he is calling himself the 21st century schizoid man. That's It's basically yeah. like a... It, it's what they have... Uh, it's what they had predicted with that song. He became what they were looking for. And yeah, the whole the whole song is just about his, like, almost like his creative process, the ego that he built, and then by the end of the song, he's jumping out the window. Yeah. Because he'd be leaving, he would be leaving the world, you know, at, at the top. Yeah, the way that, um, on like the third verse, the way that So Excite kind of like slowly shifts into suicide when you're listening yeah. to it is one of the coolest like things on this record. It's just such a, uh, it's so subtle and it was very like, when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> <laughs> this is a very different kind of Kanye, like much more, uh, this is a really, really, like, again, like a lot of stuff with Kanye, it's super boastful throughout. He's very much like, you know, like they say, like the bravado, things like that. But it's also, you know, this is the introspection of like 808s and Heartbreak kind of like peeking through some of the more like, uh, his graduation is really like celebratory record. And following it up with 808s is a, as a huge bummer record. This is a really interesting like combination of the two. And even a song like this, that's mostly like, just loud and going for it has a ton of like moments where he's, you know, jumping out the window, letting everything go, that kind of stuff, which is, I don't know. I And of course, like four lines before that, he's saying, I don't need your pussy bitch. I'm on my own dick. <laughs> <laughs> which is a line that I love because it's so insane. <laughs> he, he is a man who, as they say, contains multitudes. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the 33 and a third book, basically calls this his Ozymandias poem. Sure. Like, it's, it's like, look ye, look upon my works, ye mighty, and despair. And um, it's that's essentially what he's going with here. He's like, I have built yeah. this, but yet there is nothing left around me. It's lonely yeah. at the top. Yeah, which is kind of the theme of the album as well. All of the Lights is next, starting with the uh, instrumental interlude. instrumental interlude which i believe is elton john on piano yeah it um, uh, it makes the whole tracks like really emphasize the whole larger than life thing yeah well, yeah it starts out nice and quiet and then of course all of the lights is the the track with the most features on the whole album so yeah. that, this one is just elton john on piano and a cello player is particularly good especially because he builds and mutates that hook throughout the the sampling in the next song it starts with uh with this trumpet line the all of the lights all of the lights 
almost like uh, like all this royalty is arriving, and you yeah. you now are like sitting in courts, and you get to listen to their their speech to the to the uh, populace. Yeah, in the in the runaway uh, movie, it's a like parade scene with, of course, fireworks. That's kind of set to that's set to all the lights. Um, it's very cool scene. It also has some really weird, um, interesting like uh, cultural imagery. Um, I guess you should watch the movie. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rihanna's here. Rihanna is here. She is yeah. the she's one of the credited features on the song. If it's one of the ones that shows the credits. Yeah, uh, she is one of I think like fourteen or fifteen singers on the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a it's it's a big song. Um, Kanye apparently, uh, according to uh, the Genius Annotation, uh, which cited an interview from Rihanna, uh, Kanye apparently called her at two a.m. to just come down to the studio and lay down the chorus. I do like that Genius does uh, does say who is singing on most of the yeah uh, on most of like the the vocal pairings. So um, this is the song that Kanye West is explicitly singing in character because he did not have any kids at the time this album was recorded that have been you know publicly named anyway. Who knows? Um, it's beer, it's beer time. Yeah, look at look at how <laughs> many uh, look at how many lights he can list. It's very Jay Z monster verse. Yeah, I was going to say, Monster's the next song, and Jay might have gotten the idea from this song. Check out all these lights I can name. You can do a verse that's just listing stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light, all of the lights. (laughs) Have you not not heard of Connor For Real's catchphrase verse? Like, that's, that's the way to go. Um, This is definitely one of the songs where, like, people who I know who aren't as into Kanye know this song like yeah. besides the next song well typically it's one verse from it uh, yeah. they know all the lights because it is i think it was one of the it was i think the biggest hit off of this yeah my um, wife really likes this song and she also is into uh into heartless from 808s and yeah he does play like kind of a despicable character on this like just he's basically playing a ghetto caricature yeah like someone who's kind of deadbeat and he's domestically abusive and goes to prison for it and comes back and has been replaced and all the lights around him kind of represent like a you know like a paranoia almost like it's always in that spotlight he's always going to be looked at the the horror of being known there's there's a call out for uh for michael jackson in this song he he indeed dead yeah that is there's a lot of michael jackson's all over this album like not literally but yeah, the Pitchfork review spends the first, like, two or three paragraphs talking about Kanye comparing himself to Michael Jackson, yeah. which I hadn't thought of it as being as big of a feature of this album, because I haven't, I mean, when, but at the time it came out, duh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a year he, before. He was probably recording this, you know, he, he started probably working on this album right about the time when, when Michael Jackson died. I was working at Home Depot at the time, and... uh and the news was on in the break room, and that's how I found out. Yeah. Um, Fergie has a verse in here. <laughs> that, she kind of uh, plays. She plays the other side of the of the of the caricature. Just you know, struggling. No one knows what it is. <laughs> what's, what's she about to do? What's she going all the way this time to do? Unemployment line, credit card decline. Yeah, and apparently Drake is also in here somewhere with the going all the way this times. 
I, yeah, paired, I, paired with uh, Rihanna. <laughs> they just tucked him uh, yeah. right in there. Completely he, unrecognizable. He managed to get in there for a couple seconds, apparently. Yeah, and then uh, the closeout, I tried to tell you, but all I could say was, oh, was uh, Elton John's singing on the album, along with Alicia Keys, also uncredited. Yeah. It's, uh, the, uh, someone, there's, there's an annotation on this one that's... Uh, that's saying like it's his, this line is also showing Kanye's inability to truly apologize for the Taylor Swift incident. He is talking about making mistakes and struggling to get back into the music pop culture scene. And I mean, this whole this whole album was basically he he refers to it later as a backhanded apology. It is so hard to think of the time when Kanye the the worst thing he had done was be mean to Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was kind of his first experience with the the world of public shaming. I mean, no, people were really big on public shaming him after the George Bush doesn't care about black people incident as well. Oh, sure, yeah. That's true. I guess it's when he was, like, started being things that I didn't agree with is when I started really noticing. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was telling the truth with that. And he kind yeah, of, yeah. like, half apologizes for that one, but he mostly stuck to it for a while. So I appreciate it. Uh, and then I think he's walked it back more seriously in recent years when he's been, you know, trying to court Republicans and being best friends with Donald Trump because he doesn't have enough male energy in his life. <laughs> yeah, dragon energy. Yeah, he needs more dragon energy. I mean, all could use more. Honestly, we could all use more dragon energy. We can all use it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you make an album like this is with dragon energy. Ugh, it's monster time. It is monster time. <laughs> Just stop it. Everybody know I'm a motherfucking monster. I'ma need to see your fucking hands at the concert. I'ma need to see your fucking hands at the concert. Profit, profit, nigga, I get it. Everybody know I'm a motherfucking monster. I'ma need to see your fucking hands at the concert. I'ma need to see your fucking hands. Uh, the best living or dead hands down, huh? So yeah, this is uh, this is another one that starts uh, in in Boney Bear Town. That. The, all of his appearances on this album just broke 20-year-old me's brain. <laughs> it really, like, the last thing he'd put out was the Blood Bank EP, and then yeah. he was on this. It's so weird to think back on that time, like... I'm just, just remembering I, him, like, granting an interview about it, and he's like, yeah, I was just smoking a huge blunt with Rick Ross. <laughs> and I'm like, good for you, man. Happy 420. Yeah. We are, we are recording this on 420. Yeah. Happy 420, y'all. They just opened a legal weed store here. I'll probably go after this. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to go to lunch, but yeah, follow your bliss. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to do you. Yeah. And yeah, so this is one of the two posse cuts that are the middle of the album. We're going to have to put in clips separately of all the different verses. They're all special in their own way. They yeah. really are. Um, the first one is Kanye's verse, and people don't really talk about that one very often, but it's good. It's got a Napoleon Dynamite reference, which is very timely. It's, it's okay, only no. the six first years ver- late. The first verse is only four lines, but it is indeed Rick Ross. No good blood sucker, fat motherfucker, now look who's in trouble. As you run through my jungles, all you hear is rumbles. Kanye West samples, here's one for example. Oh, that's true, yeah. The Rick Ross verse is... Very good on this, and it is yeah. You're, it's so short and so to the point. Yeah, it just rules. I, I might, I believe, and I might be wrong. Uh, that like they brought him in to do like that, uh, to do like just this little feature. Yeah, they liked it so much that they that they just had him stay in Hawaii or just flew him back like a, like a week later to do his like much longer verse. Uh, later on, on the so album. Like, yeah, he is. Uh, he was I think just in the studio for a lot of this album. He was just yeah. hanging out. 
Because it's not like he had to do a lot of thinking to put this verse out. Yeah. Indeed, this... fat motherfucker. Now look who's in trouble. Kanye <laughs> yeah. with samples. Here's one, for example. My favorite thing about that is that this is the one song that is not explicitly built on samples. Yeah. Like, the only thing listed as a sample on this is Napoleon Dynamite because he imp- interpolates a line from it. Because <laughs> this one's Whatever just a beat I he made. Do. Gosh. Gosh. Whatever I want to do. Gosh. It's cool now. Now I'm going to do. Gosh. It's new now. Think you motherfucker really, really need to cool out. Cause you'll never get on top of this So mommy best advice is just to get on top of this Have you ever had sex with a pharaoh? I put the pussy in a sarcophagus Now she claiming that I bruise her esophagus Head of the class and she just wanna swallow shit I'm living in the future so the present is my past My presence is a present, kiss my ass This, this song uh, spawned its share of, of memes, absolutely the first, the first one that I remember is from Kanye's verse with the, uh, have you ever had sex with a pharaoh line? Yeah, my friend Bean made a really good Tumblr post where it's just, you want to have sex with a pharaoh? Wow, 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 for like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Very good audio clip. Would recommend it. <laughs> And then, yeah, he says this line with a very kind of like a wink to the audience and then follows it up with an even grosser and stupider line. <laughs> it <laughs> is... Put the pussy in her sarcophagus. Yeah. Man, there there really is four... I forget these... I mean, I, I know they're all together on this song because I've listened to it a million times, but man, those four lines in a row are insane. Even the fourth one, the head of the class, and she just won a swallow ship, is just <laughs> repulsive. <laughs> And then, like, one of the best, like, ego lines on the album. I'm living in the future, so the present is my past. My presence is a present. Kiss my ass. That is something I say all the time to people. (laughs) I say that to people when I travel for their wedding and don't get them a wedding gift. (laughs) I I don't know who you could possibly be talking about as far as a wedding goes. (laughs) Look, flights from Canada are expensive. My presence is a present. Kiss my ass. And that's one yeah. of the many Kiss My Asses on this album. Indeed. It is. He doesn't specify where on this one, though, so I appreciate that. His, like, yeah. rhythm on this track is so fucking good. Yeah. Like, I know, like, the best verse in this track isn't his, but he's got the second best verse on this track. Oh, yeah. for sure. I mean, that's something that a lot of the... I read a couple reviews as well, kind of, besides the Pitchfork one. Uh, leading up to this and a lot of them talk about Kanye as a rapper on this because that was always kind of the joke um, the like the thing that a lot of people would say is that he's a great producer he's you know he's a great collaborator he's got this genius mind but boy oh boy his rapping is just not quite there but this record he just every he, he song he figured it out he figured it out yeah he either got much better writers for it which we all know he uses writers <laughs> yeah. he absolutely um, uses writers <laughs> But he. I mean, you could tell. You yeah. could tell some lines are just him, and they're the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, there's certainly a lot of Kid Cudi. I think uh, Lupe Fiasco used to write a lot of his stuff. Well, yeah, Kid Cudi um, was was ghostwriting for him for years, wasn't he? Oh yeah, like and anyone that raps like Kanye now, or that sounds has like a similar sound to him, is because they he actually sounds like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the next verse uh, is by Jay Z. It, oh boy. It's uh, and and recently uh, the original version of it got uncovered by SoundCloud user Positive Stress. Oh, did you find that? 
Yeah, I found it. Cyclops, Gremlin, Hydra, Leviathan, Metacore, Jersey Devil, Chupacabra, Silent. Question, what are these things all have in common? Everybody knows these are different kinds of monsters. Mothman, Minotaur, Mummy with the Scimitar, Illiterate of Monsters, Scaring all the... It's sad that he didn't stick with uh, just listing monsters for the whole for the whole verse. I feel like I, I do feel like I learned something from that original verse, though. That was... <laughs> it's very good. Um... um. But here's the actual verse. Godzilla, King Kong, Loch Ness, Goblin, Ghoul, a zombie with no conscience. Question, what do these things all have in common? Everybody knows I'm a motherfucking monster. Conquer, stop it, stop your silly nonsense. Nonsense, none of you niggas know where the swamp is. None of you niggas have seen the carnage that I've seen. I still hear things scream in my dreams. Murder, murder, and black convertibles. I kill a block, I murder the avenues. I he does he does list several monsters at the beginning and asks what they all have in common well, so he says what do these things all have in common and then he says everybody knows I'm a monster do all those monsters know he's a monster <laughs> I think he expects that you know you you pause the song you answer the question and he just goes <laughs> Everybody knows I'm a motherfucking monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, and I then see. he and then he follows it with a line in which he says, "Stop your silly nonsense." <laughs> Sorry. And yeah, yeah I everybody wants to know Jay-Z. what my Achilles' heel is. Love. I don't get enough of it. All I get are these vampires and bloodsuckers. All I can see is these. I made millionaires milling about, spilling their feelings in the air. Is the best part of the verse, even though it's kind of yeah. silly because like Jay Z is extremely rich, is married to Beyonce, and has had mostly critical critical acclaim up to this point. I believe yeah. on the next record, uh, sorry, on the next song, he calls himself a billionaire, or maybe he does on this song. I can't remember. <laughs> he doesn't on this song, but like he, yeah, he is very, very rich and very well critically regarded until like. Pretty much right after this album is when he started releasing just a string of garbage albums. Yeah. He married Beyonce, I think, shortly before this album came out? I think so. And then there was that, uh, <laughs> I think a little bit after this album came out, there was the very good Saturday Night Live sketch uh, <laughs> about uh, about Blue Ivy, who was just born, and... Uh, and how all of these uh, rappers and hip hop artists came to uh, came to uh, visit Beyonce oh, yeah, yeah, and Jay Z, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Justin Timberlake, of course, played Boney Vare and put himself <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> um. But then we get we we're we're getting to the this is the centerpiece of the album right here. Yeah, it is for sure, it especially is. because of the next verse. Yeah. It's also very. It feels different from the rest of the, of the album too. It it really stands out as a like, as as a centerpiece. It's uh, yeah. I mean yeah. the the instruments drop the lowest they've gone. It's kind of replaced with a more propulsive beat. Yeah. For it, and then I know David, you're gonna play a clip here. Yeah. Pull up in a monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'm in a tanga, color a Willy Wonka. You could be the king, but watch the queen conquer. Okay, first things first, I'll eat your brain. Then I'ma start rocking gold teeth and fangs. Cause that's what a motherfucking monster do. He addressed her from Milan, that's the monster do. Monster just a be heel, that's the monster show. Young money is the roster and a monster crow. And I'm bullet, bullet, bullet in the bank with the funny face. But you know what's gonna happen is I'm gonna do it right now. 
pull up in the monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. I'm in the Tonka color of Willy Wonka. You could be the king, but watch the queen conquer. First things first, I eat your brains. <laughs> then I'ma start rapping gold teeth and fangs. Cause that's what a motherfucking monster do. Hairdresser from Milan, that's the monster do. Monster Giuseppe heel, that's the monster shoe. Young Money is the roster and the monster crew. And I'm all up, all up, all up in the bank with the funny face. And if you fake, cause I ain't no... Oh, nope, I fucked it up. I can't, I have to stop now. <laughs> if I'm was fake, that... I ain't noticed cause my money ain't. Was that yeah. off the dome? Or was that, uh... That was off the dome, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a verse that I can pull just from my like, yeah. From the my part that I'll out. usually mess up is hotter than a Middle Eastern climate, violent Toady Matterhorn, Duddy Winet, just because she is switching her characters in that part, and yes. I mess up the accent and then I fudge the line. Yeah, those those are those are that's a part where I mumble. I always mumble <laughs> that part because I have no idea what the lyrics are. I'm yeah. writing them right now, looking at the lyrics currently. She's playing Roman and she's playing Barbie in this, and she is switching within <laughs> lines, which is yeah. fucked. James brought the uh, the three LP release of this album along with him to record today, and uh, this song gets its in, gets its own side of a record. Yeah, it is. It is disc two, side A. Is that's just crazy? This song. So if you just want to listen to Monster, they they've got you covered. Set your record player to repeat. <laughs> yeah, my money's so tall that my Barbie's got to climb it. Is really good. I feel really. I kind of feel bad about the. Uh, I think me, you, and Am should menage Friday because he had broken up with Amber Rose like a full year, like a full several years before this. Do you think that Nikki knew about that? I don't do know if think? she did. <laughs> so yeah, so much of this record is a. About that breakup. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, so is 808s. Right. Right. Um, at least at least if she ever performs this song now, she could easily put Kim in there. It perfectly true, fits true. the meter. I don't know if she'd be interested, but at the same time, I'm a motherfucking monster. Then the outro is uh, is our good friend Boney Vare again. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is, this is another... Um, this verse is, of course, the other thing... I mean, besides, like, the rec- I mean, that everyone I know knows about this album. Yeah. Like, if they don't even like Kanye, they may know all the lyrics to Nicki Minaj's verse. Like, and they may be able to just say them. Yeah, she kind of stole the song. <laughs> she absolutely stole the song. She almost stole the whole album with it. It's true. <laughs> I know for a fact, uh, you know how she says 50k for a verse, no album out? Yeah. Uh, she did a verse on a Carly Rae Jepsen remix. Uh, remix of Tonight I'm Getting Over You. She got paid $400,000 for it. Jesus <laughs> And it wasn't even a good verse. <laughs> so you can only imagine what she got paid for this one. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, I, I wouldn't last these shows. Um, it seems to be another Michael Jackson reference, which, like, again, all over this album. You have to wonder how Kanye knew that Justin Vernon, of all people, would be a good addition to a hip-hop record just based on listening to Bon Iver. But I guess you could also say the same thing about Elton John. Yeah, well, I think, it, I think he just listened to Woods as like, that guy's doing some cool shit with autotune. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him over. Yeah, yeah I know. I think um, it speaks to, I for a long time, my one of my big arguments about how good Kanye is, is that he is a master at, like, He's a master collaborator. He brings people together and, like, brings out the best in them. Yeah, absolutely. But he also brings in the best people, so it's a little bit easier for him. He has the money and the, like, resources, too. I was reading some anecdotes about, like, uh, the meeting of Kanye West and Bonnie Vare. Apparently, he kind of just called them up. It's like, hey, you want to lay down some stuff for that? And it's like, yeah, when can you do it? 
can you fly out tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'll, fuck, I'll go do this and go smoke blunts with Rick Ross. Yeah, I think Kanye is one of those, like, uh, you know, people who doesn't sleep. Like, he just sort of, like, takes naps throughout the day kind of people. So he's just, I, he just stays in a studio for, like, a week at a time. Yeah. And just sleeps in the chair and then just works nonstop, which made this, so. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy Vare's freaking pipes on the last I Am Headed Home are wild. Because he never Headed sings home. like that. No, no. He did that one cover of, like, classical, like, jazz standards a couple years after this. And, like, you kind of get his voice a little bit more in that. But he mostly just sings very softly. Yeah, he does falsetto for the most part yeah, on it, Bon Iver. It, like, that, it sounded like Anthony of Antony and the Johnsons. Well, Enoni now, but yeah, like, Anony. then Anthony. And it was it that it, it was real good. She uh she's been doing collaborations with One O Tricks Point Never recently, which are extremely yeah good. yeah ever Ooh. since uh, ever since the Returnal remix, yeah. which is really she, good. She I, I want to uh, hear them just do a whole album together. Yeah, I I think actually he produced uh, one of her recent albums. Yeah, that tracks. Um, and then she was a guest vocalist on a, on the song Same from Age of. Nice. Yeah, so you should listen to that album. I will, for sure. So uh, we move on to the yeah. second posse cut now. I'm so appalled. Dishes, different exotic fishes. Man, this shit is fucking ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Success is what you make it. Take it how it come. A half a million twenties like a billion where I'm from. An arrogant drug dealer, the legend I've become. CNN said I'll be dead by 21. Blackjack, I just pulled an ace as you looking at the king in his face. Everything I dream, motherfuckers, I'm watching it <laughs> The thing is, this shit is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, or ridiculous, depending on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love how Swiss Beats is just here. He's not even here to produce. Like his whole thing, his whole thing as a person is one, he's a producer, and two, he was one of the original investors in Mega Upload. <laughs> <laughs> That's Swiss Beats, and he's just here to say one hand in the air if you don't really care. Which, like, there's you a, know, there's a weird cutout in his audio in the middle of that, and I don't know if that was on purpose or if it was an accident, or they and they just left it in because it sounded kind of cool. Like in the middle of the word air, it goes eh, air. Yeah, I don't know. It, it works though. It might have yeah. just been chopped around while they were doing the beat. So uh, there's a Trump reference here, which didn't age well. Yeah, balding <laughs> Donald Trump taking dollars from y'all. He sure do do that. It's yeah, it's, it's become more relevant and more um, sad whenever I hear it. Yeah, I mean he said he ain't got any of my dollars. I don't live there. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry, my country's gonna go to hell in a couple months anyway. You hear about that? He he really wants to uh, to have sex with a housekeeper in a hotel, according to this first verse. <laughs> oh my god. He, he wishes that one of them was hot and just suddenly just jumped on his dick immediately when seeing him. I mean, goddamn, one time. <laughs> <laughs> just once. Come on. Address me as your highness, high as united, 30,000 feet up and you're not invited. I know a lot of people call this the weakest track on the album, but I really kind of like the way it... It kind of mellows you out after Monster. Baby, you... I'm magic. Ta-da. <laughs> Alright, alright, yeah. Yeah, there's some weak parts of this song. It's very long, is one thing. It is long. Um, and then we get to, we have... get to Jay-Z's verses next, and then he makes a Dark Knight reference because he's twisted. Which, he's like, just I... so offended. 
I mean, I guess it's I guess it's a relevant reference in 2010. I guess. Yeah. It's not. It's not super out of the way. Jay Z does live in a society. It's basically just him saying, "Hey, I have money. Get it?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, I understand now. Because unlike Hammer, Three Million Can't Hurt Me really mean to MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did Hammer ever do to you, Jay? Seems so so much later after MC Hammer went bankrupt to just sort of push him down like that. Yeah. Were they contemporaries? I know Jay's been around for a long time. No, not really. Uh, Hammer was early yeah. '90s. Jay's like start was more late '90s. Sure. Yeah, Jay Z um, was like best friends with uh, Biggie. Um, yeah, and uh, didn't, but not. I think he had a record out until maybe like right around when Biggie died. Yeah, along those lines. Yeah. Then we got the Pusha T verse. He's really good. Yes. <laughs> Half a mil in 20s like a billion where I'm from. So yeah, just like the pushing the drug dealer myth. CNN said he'd be dead by 21. Yeah, this is a very like, this feels like a early 2000s kind of like just the, um, that's where Jay-Z started too. It was just with yeah. like the drug dealer mythos and listen to any like clips or uh, Pusha T solo stuff. It's all about that. It's, it's, they're incredibly good. <laughs> I mean, he literally called so himself good. Pusha T. Yeah. Yeah. So... He's the pusher. Later on, uh, I think there's a Pusha T verse where he just uh, says P at the end of it. Yeah, that's on <laughs> Runaway, and we'll get there. And that is ooh, that is a great verse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we get back to the Swiss Beats refrain and then move on to Psy High. Has Psy High really done anything other than, like, Kanye's Good Friday stuff in this? It seems like one of those guys that Kanye just kind of pulled out of nowhere to do a verse. He apparently released an album... In I think 2015, I looked I looked him up earlier. Yeah, I think this was the beginning, also the beginning of like Kanye's like good music label. So yeah, he had a few people that he had like signed or was going to sign. I think Sai the Prince is one of those people who was like I'm not 100 percent sure, but he seems like and you hear it a lot more on like Yeezus and Life of Pablo, where it's like people who I have never heard of outside of like Good Friday songs or like yeah. good music releases. Which I mean, good for him. Yeah. At the end of this verse, I think we get some of the earliest uh, hashtag rap. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I keep bitches by the twos, Noah's Ark. <laughs> uh, plus a Trojan in my pocket, Matt Leinart. <laughs> which is a reference to an NFL quarterback from the USC Trojans. Oh, God. <laughs> I do also just love the line, y'all some major haters and some math miners. <laughs> so good. And then, yeah, Ty- Tiger Woods, don't make me grab iron is just like a reverse hashtag rap. Tiger Woods absolutely deserves the awards that he got for recovering from cheating on his wife. <laughs> yeah, w- what a story. What a story. God, inspirational facade. <laughs> what a recovery. I mean, he just won his first major since that like two weeks ago. So Yeah. Finally. He Good gets for his him. Redemption arc. Yeah. yeah he-, he gets his moment in the spotlight, finally. And then now, now we have Riza doing the hook, which hell yeah. Yeah, he he is right. He's right up in there. He's putting some fucking mustard on those words. Yeah, <laughs> he well, he so emphasizes excited, yeah. every fucking syllable so hard. Cause for the misses. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah God, that, God makes, bless you, Riza. He makes those two words into like a full sentence. Yeah, he outputs an entire three lungs worth of air with just those words. <laughs> Yeah, he keeps he keeps his third lung just in one of his legs, I think. Yeah, exactly. He's very tall. <laughs> He's a tall man. <laughs> and 
And then, yeah, we close out with Swiss Beats, and then we move on to Devil in a New Dress. I mean, a nigga did a lot of waiting. We ain't married, but tonight I need some consummation. May the Lord forgive us, may the gods be with us In that magic hour, I seen good Christians Make brass decisions, oh she do it What happened to religion, oh she lose it She putting on her makeup, she casually a lord Text message breakups, the casualty of tours How she gonna wake up, and that love me no more I thought I was the This is one that I thought, coming into this, I had not I listened to this album a lot as singles more recently, so I would just put on like Monster or put on Power occasionally or other songs. And this is the one that I thought was was weak, like coming into the re-listen to it as an album. And you know yeah. what? It's not weak at all. No, yeah, no, it works. It's very. <laughs> this is like it, it seems to build a lot into the like you know Amber Rose breakup mythos part of the album, which is definitely a huge weight over the whole album. Yeah, the second half is really preoccupied with that, and it's. Uh, Everything after Monster, pretty much. Is... Yeah, and then the, the, the sample is Smokey Robinson's Will You Love Me Tomorrow pitched up. Yeah. And I always hear it as Jason Derulo. <laughs> Jason Derulo! Oh. Please, don't, please don't put that in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, it's there now. Someone yep. told it to Thanks. me once, and I can't unhear it. Somebody told me Jason Derulo. <laughs> this is kind of his ode to some woman i guess and all of his nasty thoughts about her and there's a rick ross verse looking at my bitch i bet she'd give your ass a bone thanks <laughs> i do love i do line? love that the uh, the annotation on genius just has a picture of a dog <laughs> i do like uh, i'm just looking through the lyrics the uh, when it comes to tools fool i'm a pet boy yeah that was the line <laughs> that was the line that i that i also pulled out that's it always it's, really it's a good line rick uh, Cherry Red Chariot, Excess is Just My Character. And yeah, he's, um, apparently this was like the second take of this verse that he had, because he put one down, and Kanye's like, you could do better than that. And then he put this down, which is generally called Rick Ross's best verse he's ever put down. It's, yeah, it's, there's just a lot of really good stuff in here. I mean, it's really goofy as well, which I kind of forget. Spinning Teddy Pendergrass vinyl as my Jay Burns. <laughs> You you know Bunny Bear was in the room for that one. <laughs> Bunny Bear was like, oh damn. <laughs> he he's a feature on this song just because he's smoking next to Rick Ross as he lays down yeah. this track. He came back out of the, out of the booth and just high five Bunny Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Vernon. <laughs> I like to think that everyone just called him Bond the whole time and <laughs> bon. wasn't actually sure that he had another name. Yeah. Yeah, Ever, get in there. <laughs> yeah, get on here, Ever. Bon Iver, how we all read it at first. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if he put an H in there, I would have recognized it as French, but he didn't, so I didn't. He wrote this song for Kanye forever ago. <laughs> David. All right, it's fucking time. Peach time voice, runaway time. Maybe I got a plan. Run away fast as you can. Five pictures in my email. I sent this bitch a picture of my dick. I don't know what it is with females, but I'm not too good at that shit. See, I can have me a good girl and still be addicted to them hoodwinks. And I just blame everything on you. At least you know that's what I'm good at. Yep. <laughs> is this song long enough? No. <laughs> no. 
This song could be a million years long. I would love it. <laughs> I can't believe how well this song works for a nine-minute song. Like, I know yeah. I do like a lot of long songs. Like, my, my favorite song is seven minutes long, and a lot of songs I like are, like, 12 minutes long. And I listen to Godspeed You, Black Emperor. But... <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. The the fact that this works at all is amazing. Uh, one thing that's posited in the 33 and a third book is that both this song and... Um, and the later song, what's the fucking one that has uh, the Chris Rock thing on the end? Is it Blame Game? Oh, Blame Game? Blame yeah. Game, yeah. Neither of them would work without the extra three minutes tacked on because they basically break down the thesis of the song in their own ways. And yeah. uh, Runaway's vocoder bit, fucking, it works. It really does. It's something else because it's so, it could be so abrasive and so, um, but that's the end of the song. I mean, the the... We gotta get to the yeah. start here. Yeah. It starts with this this kind of trip hoppy beat, um, like you would see maybe in like a massive attack song. I mean, before even the beat comes in, it's just a piano note. Yeah. Fifteen yeah. fifteen presses of the same E note, and then yeah, the <laughs> the intros are the look at you is built by Rick James and James Brown samples from live performances. It's cool when you see him, uh, you know. Uh, and Kanye does it live on like the SNL performance. He's just at a sample for just hitting. You know, he's he plays each note of the intro. Then yeah. it goes into like it starts repeating. Then he's hitting all the. It's it's fun to see Kanye like actually like doing producer stuff because it's usually kind of hidden in his songs. Yeah. He kind of a. Uh... It's fun to see people using the MIDI instruments that they own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't relate. I just own a bunch of MIDI instruments that I don't use. <laughs> Ooh, got called out. <laughs> yeah, no, D- D- Dave podcast. has my number on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a line uh, about how he sent a girl a picture of his dick. Um, uh, sorry, Dave. Is uses... a, I sent this bitch a picture of my dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then he uses the word females, which seems pretty relevant now, nine years later. Yeah. yeah. Again, like it's... I'm not, I, I, as much as this is a perfect album and artistic statement, yeah. not defending the lyrics on it. Yeah. Kanye <laughs> no, West got yeah, some it's... weird ideas about women and always has. He's he's owning the fact in this song that he's an obnoxious ass. By being yeah. an obnoxious ass. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I did, I found an interesting interpretation in the, uh, in the book is just like the fact that he says, let's have a toast for the douchebags, for the assholes, for the scumbags, and says it in plural and isn't necessarily just talking to about himself. He's like identifying with the world of assholes and douchebags. <laughs> it's kind of taking the pressure off himself a little bit as an apology. These are my people. Yeah, exactly. Cause like this whole album and especially this song are just a backhanded apology. Yeah, yeah. He, as, he, as he, he calls it himself. <laughs> he does follow it up with some very good advice, which is to run away as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only the world did that right after the album. <laughs> we wouldn't have to see very cool Kanye. <laughs> Dragon energy. Oh god. Um yeah, then we uh then we get pushed T's verse that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah, actually verified verse on Genius because he put his own spin, his own stuff on it. Are we going to get past it or are we going to split? It's just getting through the tough times of a relationship. Yeah, this is a this is a verse that goes by super fast, but it's so dense with, like, every line is so good in here. I'm just looking looking at the lyrics right now. There is there's a lot of, like, on this on this album and on this song especially, it's like, 
before me, you weren't anything, but now you're something. And you got this expensive taste from being with me. Like, Pushes First does get into that a lot. Just kind of like a detestable idea to think about. <laughs> yeah, like the I Rolex g- is faceless. Yeah, it gave you that expensive taste. Like, that's that's a huge part of Blame Game, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blame Game is... Rife with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, even before you get into the, the after parts. Never much of a romantic. Couldn't take the intimacy. Now he's married with kids. What happened, Kanye? <laughs> I don't know how I'm a manage if one day you just up and leave. Well, I mean, she did, and that's how you got here. Yeah, I like the way he, he, he kind of mumbles through this verse for some reason. I've always kind of liked that he can't quite... It seems to me like he can't quite say some of this stuff. Yeah. There's a weird sort of, like, mumbliness to it where he's sort of, like... It feels pretty real. Like, he's just mm-hmm. sort of, like, really looking at... Like, he's like, oh, wow, maybe I am kind of fucked up. <laughs> this song yeah. has a lot of vulnerability that he kind of stopped showing after this album. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah. Because he, he became obsessed with dragon energy after this and, like, obsessed with the idea that he never had enough male role models. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, he didn't live with his dad. His dad is still alive and he still talks to his dad, but... Yeah, his mom is, I mean, clearly, I mean... Yeah. The biggest influence in his... Maybe the biggest influence in his life. Yeah, but apparently he started talking to his dad a lot more after his mom died. And I don't know if his dad was like that. Or it's like he he clearly wasn't ready to raise a kid. That's kind of what that that kind of pathos affected Kanye largely for most for of sure. his life, for sure. And I don't know if it's like that realization is what kind of made him go back to that weird, like chauvinistic man route even more than he had before. And the uh, the outro is um, Kanye singing through a whole bunch of auto tune and effects that effectively just completely obscure the actual words that he is singing if he is singing any words at all he's definitely doing part of the part of the the hook on it it's just like really really distorted and stretched out yeah it's really like you said it is truly surprising how well that works considering it is so it could it could be so abrasive um the cello helps yeah it's kind of the opposite of monster in that way (laughs) The um the music video or the like section of the runaway movie for this um it has the uh, ballerinas and it, like yeah. you guys probably seen it where he's like at the table oh yeah with everyone um and it's just it's maybe one of the best music videos ever it, he had the same ballerinas for the SNL performance right he does yeah and they they really do a good job of, it's a slightly different like aesthetic because they're all wearing white um mm-hmm. it does have the iconic I was watching the SNL performance and it has the iconic moment where uh. He's at the sampler, like, playing, and the ballerina is uh, doing... There's, there's one ballerina out, and she's doing ballerina stuff, and she lifts her leg up, and he is playing, and, like, looks back right at her crotch, and looks goes back to play. It's a very quick, like, extremely Kanye moment that uh, I appreciated yeah. for just how blatantly Kanye was. <laughs> I was watching it yesterday. Well, so the thing about this album is, like, despite... Like, other than the fact that he does play a character on one song, it's, like, a very intimate portrait of the artist like it's in in the music videos this is apparent as well just because you know you get you get the visual element of it but it's like this is his best and his worst yeah it's like a real encapsulation of of him as an artist and then we get to hell of a life i I just fell in love with a porn star turn the camera on she a porn star turn the coroners in a form car call the coroners through the cpi she 
gave that old nigga Osa a bittersweet taste, made his gold teeth ache. Uh, make a knee shake, make a priest faint. Uh, make a nun come, make a cremate. Uh, move downtown, cop a sweet space. Uh, living life like we want a sweet space. What? We headed to hell for heaven. I don't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's really just like this is a like a full examination of the the sexual id of Kanye West, and I don't yeah, care this, I don't care yeah. for it. This song feels like a bridge to Yeezus for sure. Like yeah. this yeah. is the closest to what he's doing on Yeezus, but he, what he does on Yeezus much better than on this song. The production reminds me a little bit of Tobacco with like the really crunchy kind of gross sounding synthesizers. Yeah, and, and then the, he also fucking interpolates the the melody of Iron Man for the chorus. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> like really <laughs> Have you lost your mind? Tell me Tell when me you think, when you we, think we, crossed we crossed the line. Well, then he also does say pussy and religion is all I need. Which is an interesting statement to make on this song. Because yeah. he doesn't really talk too much about religion other than, I guess, how pussy is his religion. Yeah. The, yeah, this is probably the least... Because previous records had a lot more of him talking about his, um, like, specifically, like, his, like, Catholicism and stuff like that. But yeah. this is not... Well, except for, like, talking about the rap like priests. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I guarantee that uh, while he was producing this track, he had, you know, porn on one screen and Pro Tools on the other. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and he's talking that, about that like the, he's talking the about the album. fucking economics of the porn industry in the second verse. Oh yeah, it's so weird. It's such a specific. It feels like he's just relating a conversation he had, which is. What, so I feel like <laughs> I feel like knowing that is just like a. It's a red flag if you know that. He knows a lot about the industry. Is the thing. It is like, it is really fucked up if if that like your rates will go down if you fuck a black guy. That's like that. That's a real thing. Like the the annotation links to a conversation with a porn actress Lexington Steele about that's how it literally works. Is your price will go down if you fuck a black guy? God, because that's like that's... the white racists who are large porn consumers will stop watching your stuff. And the and the people who own the companies as well. Yeah, of course. Not like they're not pushing the same narrative along with it. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to talk about porn anymore, so let's move along. Um, yeah. Let's play well. the blame game. I love you more. Let's play the game. You ain't pick up, but your phone accidentally called me back, and I heard the whole thing. I heard the whole thing, whole thing. Oh my god, baby, you done took this shit to another motherfucking level. Now a neighborhood nigga like me ain't supposed to be getting- I, I know a lot of people who, I know a lot of people who kind of hate this song, but I don't think it's bad. Um, I, yeah, I like this, this is also one where I kind of thought it was going to be weaker, but in context it works Yeah, It really works well. a lot better in context than Hell of a Life does. Yeah, I would agree. Also, John Legend is just good. He is. He's he, good at singing profane phrases and making them sound pretty. Like, he's also good I, at like texting Kanye West when he's being annoying on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> a couple of years ago, John Legend did this. Uh, you, I, I think it was a, for a late night show. He did this sketch where he was sitting at a piano and singing Gordon Ramsay quotes. <laughs> uh, and, 
And that kind of is how this song made me feel. Um, kind of that same kind of context. Uh, yeah. The beat, the beast, the beat is based around the song Avril 14th by Aphex Twin. That's right. It's real fucking good. And like yeah. that song is like really hard to get a license for as evidenced by the uh, Lonely Island track that had to be left off their debut album because they couldn't get it cleared. <laughs> right. It was only, they only got to play it on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> and Andy Samberg got to rap about wanting to fuck Mahmoud Ahmadinejad over an Aphex Twin song. Yep, that sure happened. With Adam Levine. 2009 sure was the time, wasn't it? It's too bad that we couldn't get an official release of that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, this song is like really... This is this is the portrait of the sexual id that I mentioned for the previous song, but in a way that actually, you know, is introspective about it. Like it's it's in a way like this is this is how he is and it's not necessarily supposed to be a flattering portrait. Like yeah, he's he he's reads. blaming himself as much as he's blaming her on this one, which is rare for Kanye West. Yeah, he has I mean, more recently in I think maybe more problematic way, he's started to kind of get into his like mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, very publicly. And I think this is kind of the beginning of him kind of like putting out there that like he's recognizing that maybe there are actions that he's taking that he's not fully in control of. Because I know before any of this, like I remember reading an interview where he was just like, oh yeah, I'm a porn addict. Like I have to have porn around all the time. Like in the interview, he was like, yeah, I keep like some pictures in my pocket just in case. And I was like, oh, this guy is like not... He's not well in some ways, like, for mm -hmm. sure. And that definitely comes out throughout. Uh, yeah. Near the end of his part of the song, he reads a poem. He yeah, reads by a Chloe poem, Mitchell. Which he got, he got commissioned for this album. Which, like, it, like the, the annotation links to, like, the Tumblr post where she posts the full poem. Wow. Which is, it's really fucking good. It's very and much he like, his sources. he wants, he, he gives does. her the idea, and then she runs with it. She does, this is good. So, things used to be, now they're not. Anything but us is who we are. Disguising ourselves as secret lovers, we've become public enemies. We walk away like strangers in the street. So, if anything's going to be a breakup line, then that's the one right there. Gone for eternity. I do like that he actually, like, he finishes it and then, like, pauses and then says Chloe Mitchell before moving on. Yep. Yeah, this song, looking at this, looking at this song, just the lyrics, it is the weirdest looking, because there's, like... Just the interludes, the choruses, the bridge, like, there's just so many things. There's an outro, yeah. and then we get to... And then, yeah. With Chris Rock. He sings the last chorus. He does, yeah. And then, yeah, before the outro, the outro leading into, of course, the the overheard phone call. What would normally, like, like the, the skit of this record, where, like, every previous, except for 808s, had had a pretty significant amount of skits on them, this is the one skit, and it is a really big bummer <laughs> there were so many memes about this specific oh God, part yeah. of the song i know several people who owned a shirt that said yeezy reupholstered my pussy on it <laughs> yeah and yeah no it, it, it is kind of a bummer it has a really really like robotic kind of porn starry view of his ex in this in that yeah, she's only does. capable of saying yeezy taught me like, this woman was nothing before Yeezy taught her, and that's the ethos that he's going with. At and the same time, time she says it, it's just a recording. <laughs> yeah, it, it's also really fucking funny. <laughs> it's very funny. Chris Rock is very good at what he does. <laughs> he's just yeah. the neighborhood guy. He shouldn't be getting pussy like this. <laughs> this is some Cirque du Soleil pussy <laughs> that's now. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
the idea that he says the pussy has been reupholstered is also yeah. very, very good. That has to be like, I mean, I'm assuming that they just let Chris Rock go because it's, yeah. it's, it goes so all over the place. It's so good. Yeah. It's like, then at the end he gets, he gets, uh, he gets the watch that he wanted because he saw Twista wearing it in the source. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. The bevel, so the bezel specific. watch. <laughs> that is like the most specific reference on an album of very specific references. Yes. And then, yeah. The bezel. <laughs> at the end, just very wistfully. Yeezy taught you well. <laughs> and yeah, the whole thing is framed as a phone call. It's put through like an, uh, a Pro a Tools filter. It's put through the Pro Tools high pass filter. And he says yeah. like, I overheard the whole thing because he'd been calling. Yeah, it is a, it is a, yeah. It's a yeah, butt dial. The skin <laughs> is a butt dial. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It, it really, it really gets you into the mythos. And then, yeah, we move into Lost in the World. I'm lost in the world. Featuring Bonnie Bear. I can't believe featuring the fucking first. The first forty-two seconds of this song is an unchanged clip of a Bonnie Bear track. Yeah, it's just sped up a little bit. <laughs> it's fucked up. But again, I was twenty at the time, and this blew my mind. This still blows my mind. <laughs> this it is a crazy is so... thing to have happened. It is so weird. It's so good though, too. Like when it it um this uh. This soundtracked a lot of, uh, this came out, like, my senior year of college, and I would ride my bike to class, like, for early morning classes. And this, yeah. This song soundtracked a lot of those bike rides for some reason. Yeah. Um, it's got a really it, propulsive rhythm. I feel like it's very good for yeah. bike rides. And then, yeah, I like how um, he takes the original, like, quartet of lines that make up the song Woods, and then would eventually make up the song Still by uh, by Volcano Choir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how there's functionally three versions of this song. <laughs> Weird. We got Woods, then we got this, and then we got Still on the Volcano yeah. Choir album, and they're all really fucking good. So he takes yeah. those four lines and he recontextualizes them to make them about something else entirely. But yet, like, he still wants to use the original lines in the opening. Because, like, Kanye West up in the woods building a still, it's not something you're going to see. Justin Vernon being up in the woods building a still, yeah, he's going he's gonna to make that Mountain Dew and get shittered and write a good album. <laughs> and I like how the way the, the lyrics are phrased on Genius shows the uh, the original lyrics in italics because they're still there in the background as Kanye's singing over them. Yeah, they're not even they're not even low in the mix. They're no, they're right there. The same volume <laughs> as as Kanye's new lyrics. And yeah, uh, another Michael Jackson reference on this one where he brings in the Mama Say Mama Say Mama Kusa, which is like in in Michael Jackson's parlance also a sample. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> which he, which um, Michael Jackson was sued for. <laughs> I think, like, kind of famously, um, before this album came out, Kanye went to, like, uh, the Facebook headquarters and sang this song um, acapella for some reason. Just because. some sort of, um, why not? And w- at that time, he sang it as, like, Mama Say, Mama Say, Mama Donda Son. So it was a, which he, uh, for his 
referencing his mom, of course. Yeah. Which for I don't know why he took it off. It's a really powerful. Like, it's a really good uh, line there. But yeah, um, yeah. Like the legacy of his mom is very strong on this and eight oh eights. Yeah. Which is kind of sad that he kind of strayed from that later because his mom was clearly a positive influence on him. Definitely, yeah. Could you imagine if his yeah. mom was still around and he's fucking talking to Ch- Donald Trump, <laughs> talking about his dragon oh, energy? Oh, God. Jesus. I don't, I, we would be in a very different world, I think. We would Maybe be in a very be... different world. This is just him reflecting on all the bad things that had happened to him, like, over the last couple of albums, I think. Yeah. Um, like, he broke up with his fiance, his mom died, and he got publicly, sh- publicly shamed for Taylor Swift. Yeah. This yeah. was, like, an exorcism, in a lot of ways, yeah. uh, of that, where... But by the next record, he is sort of, like, over that idea of being introspective. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, he really drops it. And then we also get, like, the first sampling of the Gil Scott Heron, which would end up closing out the album, the Who Will Survive in America, which is, like, yeah. as I was saying earlier, it's like he's talking about co-opting civil rights industry. It's that's, that's all about the black experience in America, but that's not how Kanye's using it. Kanye's no, he's using, using it, it as, as a statement of how his fame isn't worth it. Yeah, yeah the, the, this fame is damaging to me personally, and he's using that as like a comment on who will survive in America, which is you yeah. know about the actual the like the black experience in America, the the poor black experience in America. More importantly, it seems like a weird choice, but like he does use like uninterpolated and uninterpreted lines in the final track, which really which works as that that theme better. But the way he's using it here is definitely about him. Yeah, this is this is kind of the the realization uh of the of the album um and, and again it it speaks to him being really good at making it a cohesive album as opposed to just yeah. a bunch of songs i mean this and who will survive in america are the perfect closers yeah it's yeah. really fucking good living as we do upside down and the new word to have is revolution Like actually, like not having Kanye close it out, having someone yeah like, putting Gil, putting a Gil Scott Heron just like pretty much unedited like poem reading in there. It feels extremely like this is the end of the album, and it is you've just experienced something. <laughs> yeah, it was a real like a big moment for like end of life Gil Scott Heron too, because I yeah, think it was yeah. like right after it that uh, right after this that he ended up making that album with Jamie XX. I think yeah, I think that's right. If it, oh no, it was the same year. It was the same year. They were both in 2010. So he'd done I knew I'm new here like right before this. Okay. So I I I'm I'm just imagining that that is where Kanye got it. With like he was looking into it after that because that was that's a real good album as well. Um the the kind of spoken word uh kind of samples in both the intro and the outro to the album also made me think of the album The Monitor by Titus Andronicus. Yeah. Yeah, because that's two two thousand tens right there. It is. That is another record that I love a lot from this. Yeah, when when I went to Pitchfork uh, Festival in twenty ten, uh, I think that album had just come out, and um, or it was about to come out, and uh, 
I think I think Titus Andronics has got the biggest crowd of the of the whole weekend. That's crazy. I got the most beat up ever at a show at a Titus Andronicus one. I got thrown <laughs> around so hard. My shirt got ripped and stuff. It was really rough. <laughs> I saw Ty- Titus Andronicus is good as hell. So that's uh, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye Yeezus West. That's the album. Again, it's Pitchfork's only 10 in their modern era. And yeah, it's wild. In you the can last see why. 10 years. <laughs> yeah, like they really has just been reissues. They have. Like, they have really liked Kendrick Lamar, but they haven't given him anything above a 9.5. Mm-hmm. I was, like, I came, yeah, I came into talking about this record being like, I'm, I might have a hot take here that this is not actually a 10. And then I listened to it, and I was like, no. I'm it is. <laughs> like, the thing about a 10 is, like, you have to, you're considering it as a total artistic statement. It doesn't necessarily mean there's nothing you dislike about it, but it's like, all anything you dislike about it is like true and clear to the artistic vision right so like there's a lot of detestable stuff there's a lot of bad lines there's stuff that doesn't necessarily work in the moment but all of it works as a whole and that's really what he gets what we get to that's that's what a 10 is and there haven't been people making as like bold artistic statements as this i blame spotify honestly (laughs) i do blame spotify spotify killed the album it really did yeah, no, it's... the the algorithm the algorithm as we are all now uh, subject to uh, kind of ruined that. For anyone listening to this episode of Tuning Fork on Spotify, on which it is now available, shout out. Yes, because <laughs> Tuning Tuning Fork is now on Spotify and Stitcher. Oh, it 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 finally got accepted on Stitcher, huh? It did. Yeah, I had to just resubmit it, and then they just like, okay, it's good this time. <laughs> They they uh, they noticed the word "come" too many times, and then they rejected it. <laughs> I I can't believe it. This for a song for an album that is this dirty, you didn't mention "come" once. That is the first time I said now. "come" on this episode. It's wild. Yeah, it's fucked up. Honestly, it's and really I think fucked it's up. Actually, I think it actually comes up in the lyrics. I think it does. <laughs> I think he talks about making um, a nun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West was disgusting and artistic enough to make me not talk about cum for an hour and a half. And for he that, I salute yeah. him. There's enough cum in this record already that you didn't need to talk about yourself. <laughs> you just don't need to. So we were we were going to talk about uh, about Kanye since this. Yeah. And we kind of touched on him quite a few times with yeah. the whole Trump and dragon energy thing. But yeah, it's hard yeah. not to. Yeah, I mean, like, it's even just, like, getting into Yeezus, Yeezus almost feels like he's, like, he built the myth and now he wants to deconstruct it. And, again, he used the, the civil rights imagery in a way that doesn't really... He talks about, like... I mean... He's talking about split custody, got him, keep him separated, I call that apartheid. Like, that is among the most <laughs> yeah. detestable lines of his career. Uh, it's real yeah. fucking bad. Yeah, I've always thought of Yeezus as, like, Kanye's, um, like, Bachelor record. So yeah. it's him, it's doing everything he can to be as gross as possible before he gets married. It was a sonically impressive album, even if it's, like, entire ethos was just ripping off Death Grips. Oh, yeah, Death Grips. I mean, that, that album was just Death Grips. Yeah, I do, I do love Yeezus a lot, but I definitely recognize Yeah, no, no, it's being, still good, like, it's just... As an, art- as an artistic statement, it's very different from this one. Yeah, yeah. And I have I haven't really been able to get into anything since. Like I never really listened to non chance portions of Life of Pablo, and then I never listened to Ye at all. 
because that was um, like post dragon energy. So I'm like, I'm not fucking around with this. Yeah, Life of Pablo, I like tracks off of, but as a record, it's just too it's too disjointed. I mean, he released yeah. it what like three or four times before. Um, and that's yay, that's the thing. I, it's like the the digital distribution platform has really changed the way albums work. Much like. Uh, the ability to release day one patches has really changed how video games work. I mean, yeah, that's what yeah. he basically did. He was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to put Frank Ocean on wolves. I better add He's literally that. said, I'm a fix wolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, um, like, could, yay. could you imagine if he had, like, chances to tinker with this one? He would have. 100%. Yeah, he would have gone in and done a lot of shit. And that yeah. really comes, like, the album as a statement almost feels like it left with this album because like right after that you have like larger amounts of digital distribution larger amounts of streaming services larger amounts to like live reinterpret the way someone interprets an album it's it's weird it's like i'm there's like four different four different versions of life of pablo up on redacted yeah because <laughs> people have archived the different versions of it that existed i think i have two in my library yeah like it's <laughs> it's crazy i'm sure now like with Bandcamp and everything there are still tons of artists who are doing these big cohesive statements oh, as yeah. albums but you don't get to hear any of them because the internet doesn't want you to Bandcamp make a good streaming app challenge yeah <laughs> because god their app sucks fucking ass right now yeah and i own like 400 records on bandcamp so that's like it yeah, would be I, a, it would be a good amount of stuff because we're friends on bandcamp i still get emails every time you buy something <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> And I probably listen to maybe one out of every ten of those just because there's a lot. Yeah, no, there's a lot. I buy a lot of shit. I'll usually buy a lot of shit at once, so I'm sure you get, like, a chunk of emails all at once. So, yeah, that's that's Kanye. That is the two white guys and a half white guy discuss <laughs> nine years later Kanye West's album. Yep. This really has been a culmination of a number of years of me yelling at people about Kanye. Yeah. So I really appreciate the opportunity, guys. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, we're definitely gonna have you on again, James, because we, yeah. we, yeah, the, like, our, our musical journeys are so inextricably linked with each other. It's like I feel like my commentary on this album wasn't as coherent as I thought it could be, just because there it's so dense lyrically and it's so dense musically that I feel like I kind of fell off a couple of points. Hopefully, David could edit around some of them, but. <laughs> Yeah, like it's can, almost hard to coherently talk about this album. You really just have to listen to it. Yeah, we could have spent a lot more time on each song lyrically, but that would have taken up. So uh, much this more has already time. been going. This has already been going for an hour and a half. I have to yeah, record yeah. another podcast in twenty five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Good luck, Matt. Do you, Do you have a, a favorite song off of this album, Matt? It's 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 always going to be Monster. Yeah. Every, everything about fair. that track just feels so central to the album. And it's yeah. like the most braggadocious song on the whole album, and that energy really works strongly. And it's also Kanye's best verse on the whole album, <laughs> like rap-wise. His best yeah. performance on the album is still Runaway for sure, but like his his verse on Monster is the best just technical rap flow that he's got going for him. Uh, Runaway is far and away my favorite, um, and it has been like yeah. since record came out, um, like close just second for a number for sure of reasons. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Monster, yeah, is just... There's so many undeniable things about so many of these songs, though. It's hard. I, I've become yeah. a lot more uh, attached to... I've become a lot more attached to Gorgeous lately. Yeah. Um, it's good. Like, you kind of forget about it by the time you finish the album, but 
it really is up there. I feel like um, but its placement always think... almost feels weird. It really yeah. like I always think the album goes from dark fantasy right into power, but it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I do think Monster is probably still my favorite as well. Okay. I well, guess, I mean, um, the, the thing we never really go with, do we agree with Pitchfork's rating on this one? I think I do. Because I think I do, too. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty undeniable. It's a 10. It's a 10. Yeah. It's a 10, folks. We, we, we solved it. That's we a solved 10. it. That's a 10 to me. <laughs> These non-black music listeners have solved hip-hop. <laughs> we found the best hip-hop record. It's the one that everyone else likes. <laughs> Well, I think that's what you can call... I think that's what you can call hip-hop fighting back. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) He has me blocked on Tumblr, and I'm so sad because I can't reblog the post about him wanting to pass down... Pass back a huge cush-ass blunt with a a hip-hop head in his area. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's, That's that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Um... So yeah, uh, I'm David. You can find me on Twitter at uh, at d a v v v e s. Cool waves landlord reference, um, and uh, you can follow the show at at tuning forecast. I'm Matt Matt GCN on Twitter. Don't look for me anywhere else. See my good <laughs> tweets about guillotining the Pope. <laughs> Um, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I was extremely excited to talk about Kanye with the two of you. Um, I have basically no online presence that's worth looking at, but if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm at JC Jaguar. That is an incredibly old name made up when I was in fifth grade. So follow me there. (laughs) That was your, that was your forum username. Sure. I made it for a, I think I made it for a Lego website. (laughs) I've been Matt GCN since 2002, so I know that feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been Bowser724 since my first year of high school. We all know the feel. Yep. That was when I had a Yahoo email address. (laughs) Yeah. Aw, so cute. Um, yeah. So, as we always say, uh, I had never seen a shooting star before. I've never seen a shooting star before. Never seen a shooting star before. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.